Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. What would you possibly believe in right now with the Dallas Cowboys? Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, and for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, by all means, make sure you tweet us on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Which playoff team, including these Cowboys, you trust the least to win the Super Bowl? Hit us up at TJ and Max on Twitter. By all means, do that. We've got a lot of good ones, including David Mortarello on Twitter. Cowboys for sure. Dak hasn't won a big game in his career. A lot of people saying they would not trust the Cowboys in response to that question over on Twitter. You know, Harry, for me, I just, I look at the Cowboys, and it's the same old song. What is it about them that has me convinced that they are going to screw this up? That they are going to find a way to lose in the biggest of spots in the postseason because it has been their identity for so, so long, and it almost feels like they're slipping back into that. It's a myriad of reasons, yes. But it feels like that's where we're headed again with them. After earlier in this year, you would have said this is different. Yeah, Chris, and and, and I tell you, it's a it's, a, it's it's a number of different things. You look at them being the most penalized team in the National Football League with 122. That means that's 7.6 penalties per game. That's not good. This offense isn't in sync. Not in the pass game. The run game isn't flowing. It's it hasn't been efficient. Um, you look defensively, if this team isn't getting turnovers, if they aren't getting sacks, then I don't know what else they're doing. And then you look in the secondary, uh, I, I don't think teams are scared to throw the ball at this secondary. They play an awful lot of man coverage, and teams have found the fish. The fish in that on the back end of that defense has been Anthony Brown. You've seen against the Las Vegas Raiders just have penalty after penalty, pass interference after pass interference. But I was more upset with the simple fact that why would they even put him in that situation against a guy like Deshaun Jackson, who is a speedster, who is a burner, who is one of the greatest deep threats that we have uh, have all, have, all, have had overall in the National Football League? Why would you line him up man coverage with Anthony Brown? Makes no sense to me. So it's a whole bunch of different things that's going on. And then you see in the game against the Arizona Cardinals, you see Dak fumbling the football. You see the missed throws. You see the drop balls over and over again. Uh, you even had a drop interception by um, Lewis. In uh, that secondary, they, it, when, they, when they get their hand on the football, normally they catch them. So it's a lot of different things that's transpired. And then I want to bring up something else, though. Mike McCarthy, when he came, well, he was out of football, but he came from the Green Bay Packers, uh, coaching there for, for a long time. The run game was kind of second fiddle with Mike McCarthy um, being in Green Bay. The run game, for some reason, I, I, I just seem like it's becoming second fiddle to this team. And at one point, this is a team where we talked about their greatest strength was rushing the football and being up front. And my thing is, is that how is this offensive line going into the playoffs going to get right if you want to pass the football so much? And I'll be the first to tell you, offensive linemen, I wish we had Jeff Saturday right now, Offensive linemen would would rather run block versus pass blocking, but that's not the case right now in Dallas. They're throwing the ball way more than they're running it. Do you do you think it's a lack of trust in Zeke? Because frankly, that's what it feels like to me. I think it's it might be a lack of trust, but also I mean you have some you had some guys banged up on the offensive line. You have a tight end that 
that that's been out as well. And then Zeke's been hurt. Pollard's had the foot. There's been a lot of different variations to it. But at the end of the day, like you look at look at the Tennessee Titans, right? They lost Derrick Henry. What do they still do well? Run, Run the, the football. football. Yep. Right. Run the football, um, and you have to be able to do it to do it consistently. It is Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, and for Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80. I want to get to a story from yesterday, and that involves the New York Giants and Joe Judge and his 11-minute rant after the game the other day about how the team is headed in the right direction and how the culture has changed and all that, well, garbage. First of all, I, I could actually go through and make a list of things that were shorter than Joe Judge's rant, and it included, like, the Gettysburg Address, uh, Taylor Swift's All uh, all Too Well, the 10-minute version is even shorter. The halftime of an NFL game is shorter than what he did, Harry. I mean, it, it was just absolutely absurd. And just listen to this snippet from it and how, just frankly, silly he sounds. This ain't a team that's having fistfights on the sidelines. This ain't some clown show organization or something else, okay? You talk about the foundation built. Some of the things that the toughest thing to change in a team, the toughest thing to change in a club is the way people think. You understand that? That's the toughest thing. You can get new players. You can have your damn locker room all you want. You got to change how people think. And they got to trust the process. And that's a lot easier said than done when they're looking up right now and you got one game left and the most games you're going to win is five this season. Okay? But I guarantee you this. Those men are going to walk in on Wednesday and be ready to roll. We're going to practice hard on Wednesday. We're going to practice hard on Thursday. We're going to practice hard on Friday. Okay? And we're going to play for each other on the, on the field next week. And if we don't play well, every fan has a right to boo my ass out of the stadium. You got that? That don't bother me. I don't want it. I don't think anyone wants to get booed. Okay? But the reality is, that's all right. Look. When I hear him go through this entire rant, and that's just a small sample of how silly it is, it is a head coach that is feeling remarkably insecure in the situation and is puffing up his chest and trying to show how different things are. And I don't even think he's talking to the fans or anybody else. I think for weeks he's been talking to ownership when he's saying all this stuff post-game. We're still playing hard. We're doing this. We're doing that. You don't see players with golf clubs in their lockers. I cleaned up all the crap that was here before and basically called out the last administration before him for a terrible culture. I mean, not even basically, (laughs) really did. Without saying Pat Shermer's name, that's what he did. I'm never going to call out our players, but God, those coaches who were here before us, they were awful. I mean, Harry, that just reeked of desperation and of a coach that is feeling the heat when it's already been leaked out there that it's more than likely he's coming back. After that, I would feel worse about him if I were ownership than better. Yeah, Joe Judge is feeling that heat now. It's getting hot in here. Mm. So keep on all your clothes, Joe Judge. Keep them on. Mm. Keep them on. But I, I'll say this. He he <laughs> called out a lot of different people. He took a shot at the Washington football team with their sideline ordeal. It's a lot of people that he he threw shade at in that whole debacle. But at the end of the day, like, listen, you're not in the business to be a car salesman. You're in the business to win football games. Uh 
the elephant in the room is that the New York football giants didn't win football games and yeah. they haven't been putting on a good show of late as, as well. Right. So and that's, that's, that's the story, but don't try to sell things. I understand that you want your job, but don't try to sell it. When you got to sell it that much, that means that you aren't doing the job you're supposed to be doing. There was the thought process, Harry, that the giants ownership felt like with judge over the last year or so, that they had found their Bill Belichick. Did that sound anything like Bill Belichick to you? No, because Bill Belichick would have just gave him a, like, a one-sentence answer. And a or shrug. Two, or a two-word answer or something like that. That's what Bill Belichick would have done. Not 11. How long was that, that clip? 11 minutes. 11 minutes. I mean, are you kidding? I take showers less than 11 minutes. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I don't. I, I got to get at least 15, well, Chris, 18 minutes you, in there. You're with different size, though, Chris. Well, like, it's not now. even just like, the surface area. Thank you. I try to <laughs> just clear, clear my head for the moment. Yes, there's a lot more things that we have to cover <laughs> in that situation. I will own that. But I enjoy my downtime. Either way, here is Dan Orlovsky yesterday and his take on Joe Judge's postgame rant. And this is where when you get up there and you use coach speak, you get yourself into trouble, in my opinion. I was on an 0-16 football team. Never once did any of us have our golf clubs out in front. You came from New England. Mm-hmm. You guys never had to deal with having golf clubs out in front. So what are you even talking about? Your players don't have their golf clubs out in their locker, in front of their lockers. That's not a real thing. And then you say, well, I've got guys who are going to be free agents next year coming in saying how much they want to be coming back. Well, you can't say that, coach. And then say, I'm only concerned about the now. Yep. I'm only con- worried yep. about the now. How do you know who is a free agent next year if you are only focused on the now? And then you say guys are calling you. Who? Who left your team last year? The only free agent that I think left the, Green- the New York Giants is like Wayne Goldman. I don't know who else left your football team and went somewhere else. So you have guys calling you saying they, they, they wish they were there. When you guys can't win any football games. So that's when you get up there and you just use that coach speak. You get you lose players. And I said this weeks ago, when you when you have that persona that you think that you can talk like Bill Belichick, yeah. but don't have the wins in your cachet mm-hmm. that Bill Belichick has, you get tuned out. We Boom. welcome in right now a former giant in Chris Canty. He, of course, of Canty and Golick Jr. here on ESPN Radio. He joins us via the Goodyear hotline. Uh, Chris, I did not realize that Delusion was a county in New Jersey, but apparently Joe Judge resides there. Your take. Yeah, listen, no lies told in that rant by Dan Orlowski. I mean, there's a lot of coach speak in the postgame press conferences. From Bill Bella, I mean, from uh, from uh, Joe Judge, and and to echo some of the same sentiments that Dan expressed, like he, he he goes up there and he channels his inner Bill Belichick, but he doesn't have the wins on his resume in order to be able to take that kind of tone and to use that type of tact when talking to the media, and you know by default being able to address his team. So I think that that's one of those things that you have to be concerned with if you're owner John Mara, if you're Steve Tisch is with the message that Joe Judge is trying to convey to that locker room growing stale because, CC, the biggest thing that players want in the National Football League, and Harry can attest to this, is for their coach to be able to give them answers, to be able to give them a path to victory every single week. And with mm-hmm. the fifth straight loss that the Giants suffered on Sunday in embarrassing fashion in Chicago, 
I got to believe that a lot of guys in that locker room have some serious doubts as to whether or not Joe Judge can put them in the right positions in order to win football games. You're 100% right, Chris. It's a show-me world. You can, you, can, you can sell me anything. Don't, don't tell me what you want to tell me. Show me what you, what you, what you want to do. And I can see by your actions. I can see what you're teaching me. It go to the practice field, then it go from the practice field to the game field. If it's not doing those things, then how am I even sold on you as a player? I don't know how. No, you can't be sold on them. And listen, you, you're starting to see some of the, the execution or lack thereof become an issue for the Giants, right? We, we saw it on the first snap of the game against the Bears. Travis Gibson, sack force fumble, unblocked player. Um, you know, those things can't happen on the first play of the game. Two weeks ago, the first play of the game against the Eagles, you're talking about a screen of Saquon Barkley. You have two offensive players at the point of attack on the perimeter. They don't block the defenders at the point of attack for the Eagles. They go to the third level and try to block the safety. It just makes no sense when you just look at the lack of execution, and that speaks directly to the coaching. Like we can make all of these excuses for Joe Judge and talk about the roster and, and the personnel and not having the talent, but there are little things that you're seeing become big issues with the Giants, and I think it's symptomatic of, of, of the bigger issue, which is not having a coach that can actually get these guys to put themselves in position to be competitive every week. It's something that Joe Judge um, continues to harp on in terms of him changing the culture and changing the way these guys think, but it's not translating to a product on the field that the fan base or former players can be proud of. Chris, Chris, do, do, do you hear? Did you hear? Can't oh, both. I got Chris and Chris. Chris Carlin, <laughs> did you hear Chris Canty? The first two plays of the game he just talked about. I know if I if I don't know anything, Chris Canty, I know this. I know the first play of the game, and especially that first damn fifteen of the game, better be plays that nobody messes up. No, you're right, and that's the thing that's inexcusable. And then to take it a step further, Joe Judge, with a special teams background, I mean, you have a, a kickoff returner in Farrell Cooper that doesn't field the kickoff thinking it's going to go into the end zone. The ball settles at the two-yard line. He turns around and realizes it doesn't go into the end zone, and then he gives his ball to the offense inside the five-yard line, and then it sets the team up for a safety, and Chicago parlays that into five total points. Those type of miscues, like what we saw before halftime by the New York Giants, that can't happen. And then also your offense not being able to throw the ball, that can't happen. Like you had no answers for being able to, to, to move the ball offensively on Sunday. I thought Jason Garrett was supposed to be the problem with the offense, and yet the offense has seemingly regressed from where it was in the first half of this season. 151 total yards of offense, that's the worst output the Giants offense has had all year long. And I get that people want to say Mike Glennon is the backup quarterback, but in week 13 last year, Joe Judge took the Giants with Colt McCoy as their quarterback up to Seattle, and they beat a playoff team in the Seahawks. So don't tell me that you can't come up with a path to victory with a backup quarterback. It's just the plan that Joe Judge and his staff laid out wasn't nearly good enough to even be competitive against the Chicago Bears, and that's an indictment on the head coach. The Giants have scored five offensive touchdowns, by the way, since Jared, uh, Jason Garrett got fired. It's Chris Canty of, uh, of Canty and Golick Jr. joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Absolutely, Chris Carlin and Harry Douglas in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Chris, here's just an obvious question. We heard so much about culture. What does a good culture on a bad team look like? I, I don't know that that can exist. 
Yeah, that Carlin. was. I, I really don't. I mean, I, mean I guess, yeah. I guess the, whole, the biggest, the biggest thing is you want to see guys compete. You want to see the effort consistently. You want to see execution. But I mean, in, in throughout the course of a 17 game regular season, that should equate to being able to get some wins. I, I guess if you want to point to a good culture on a bad team, you can start to see the culture turn a little bit with the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell. Say what you want about that outfit, but that team is competitive more often than not and they were able to come up with some wins that surprised some people. I mean, you saw what they did to the Arizona Cardinals a few weeks ago. So I guess if you want to point to something, that would be it. But, again, I'm not ready to dub that a good culture. They're just starting to change the culture, to shift the culture. With the New York Giants, they don't have a, a, a culture that, that you can boast about or brag about. So to the post-game press conferences that Joe Judge has given in recent, like I, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And to take it a step further, he's talking about guys coming in on Wednesday ready to work and give the effort. Carlin, when I played in the National Football League, you have a league-mandated league day <laughs> off. But let me tell you something. You better be in there on Monday and Tuesday working to get better and get prepared for the work week. Like, yes. like it, it, it can't be enough to show up on Wednesday, especially being a 12-loss team at this point in the season. You're talking about showing up to work on Wednesday? That's absolutely ridiculous. So – you start talking about shifting the way that people think in the building, you need to start with the work week schedule and your preparation. Because if you're starting on Wednesday to get ready for your upcoming opponent, I can pretty much guarantee you that that team is going to hang another L on your on your record. Guaranteed. 100%. 100%. But I got to ask you, Canty, was it the right decision for this organization to stick with Judge as their head coach next season? No, it's not. And, and here's what I would say. I don't think it should be up to the organization or anybody in that building. That should be up to the next general manager. I mean, we, we all heard the grumbling that Dave Gettleman will step down. He'll no longer be the GM. Throughout your general manager search, that you need to find the, the most qualified person, bring in a fresh set of eyes, and then let that person make a decision on what they want to do at the head coaching spot. And if that means moving on from Joe Judge, so be it. But I don't trust anybody in that organization to make that decision. You're talking about this team having its fifth consecutive double-digit loss season and double-digit loss seasons in seven of the last eight. I can't trust anybody in the building to make sound football decisions. So it's clear to me that you need to bring in somebody that's outside of the building and let them make that choice. I don't have anything to point to to say that Joe Judge can actually do the job. He's got a 10-22 and 22 record. Uh, almost at the end of his, his second year. So I, I, there's nothing I can point to to say that he's good enough to do the job. And the sad part about it is, Harry, when I look around the landscape of the NFC East, I look at a team like the Philadelphia Eagles right down the turnpike. That was supposed to be a team that had relatively low expectations. A lot of people picked them to finish last in the division. And that team is a playoff team with a second-year quarterback. And they're, they're ahead of where the Giants are in their program building when they're supposed to be a year or two behind. And that's they an have three first-round picks. And they have three first-round picks. That's an indictment on everybody involved with the New York Giants. If you want to point to, okay, what it should look like when you're trying to rebuild, that's what it should look like. Unfortunately, the Giants aren't there. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Chris Canty of Canty and Golick Jr., weekdays 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. All right, let's shift for a moment, Chris. You're a former Cowboy. How concerned are you about the Cowboys? Oh, it's bad. And I've been talking about this for the last couple of months, Carlin. This team can't run the football when it matters. 
And I said that after their primetime game against the Saints where they had a fourth quarter where they just kept gifting possessions to the New Orleans Saints because they couldn't bleed the clock with the run game. And you got to remember in the Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott era of Cowboy football, that has been the identity of this team. And so because they're so one-dimensional, you're allowing defensive fronts to tee off on your offensive line, to tee off on your quarterback, and it makes it hard for that passing game to get going. Now, to their credit, they did get going in the, in the fourth quarter of that game against the Cardinals, but it ended up being too little too late. And then the poor clock management at the end of the third quarter by Mike McCarthy burning that timeout on that fourth down where the Cardinals had that breakout, where they had Matt Prater lined up as a wide receiver. I mean, that was Cliff Kingsbury, Deacon, Mike McCarthy, and using a timeout that we know could have served them, whether in potentially challenging that Chase Edmonds fumble at the end of that ball game. So I just think those the combination of the question marks with game management with your head coach and then being one-dimensional on the offensive side of the ball are things that can come back to bite them when it comes to being able to win playing playoff-style football. But the one thing that I think could be the saving grace for this Cowboys team is that defense being opportunistic with the takeaways. They've got a lot of pressure players on all three levels of that defense, and they've shown that, that ability to be able to take the football away. So if you can do that, if you can create extra possessions in field position for your offense through takeaways, then that's something that's going to bode well for you. So there are some serious concerns about the Cowboys, um, but that defense has the potential to offset that because I think that unit is just that damn good. Chris Canty, always bringing the fire, always bringing the knowledge. Chris, awesome stuff. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Chris Canty, Canty and Golick Jr., weekday afternoons, 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. The Washington football team, in a little bit of news, has revealed it will let us know their new team name and logo on February the 2nd. Their team president, Jason Rice, also explained that the organization will not choose the Wolves or the Red Wolves, citing trademark issues. So February 2nd, the new team name of the Washington football team. Meanwhile, up next, which playoff team do you least trust to win the Super Bowl? Hit us up on Twitter, on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed but also on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. That's next at 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. Plus, why Harry Douglas doesn't believe the Cincinnati Bengals are one of your top five teams in the NFL. What? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills 
and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, in for KJ and Max on ESPN Radio. And uh, on the ESPN app, all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. And we, as always, are presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, earlier today, did his top five teams in the NFL. Harry, a brief recap, if you will. Start with my number one team. I have green, the Green Bay Packers right now. They have the best record in the NFL. They're the number one seed in the NFC. Everything has to go through Lambeau Field. Um, I like two newcomers on their defense, uh, or guys who played solid for them this year, uh, Devondre Campbell and then Rasul Douglas. Uh, Devondre Campbell is leading his team right now in tackles. Rasul Douglas is leading his team in interceptions. He's only played 11 games with this team. My number two team is the Tennessee Titans, a team that went on a five-game stretch at one point this year, beating the Bills, Chiefs, the Colts, the Rams, and the Saints. Not to mention they just beat the 49ers on Thursday night football and ended a seven-game win streak by the Miami Dolphins. Granted, the teams that they beat, weren't that high quality. It's still a seven-game win streak. Plus, I love their head coach, Mike Vrabel, the guy I think is the leading candidate for coach of the year. My third team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They will always be here in the top five as long as they have a guy named Tom Brady as their quarterback. The GOAT, a guy who has seven Super Bowl rings. My number four team is the Kansas City Chiefs. I look at that game against the Cincinnati Bengals, and I thought it could have went either way. A couple of different calls defensively, especially on third and 27. Uh we might be talking about a different ball game here. And then the Arizona Cardinals are my number five team. They just beat the Dallas Cowboys. They played a great brand of football. Kyler Murray, Murray was excellent. Buda Baker defensively was good. Isaiah Simmons had a big game. And I think they just did what they needed to do. I, they got, I think they got tired of everybody slandering them and came out and hitting on all cylinders. So those are my top five teams. So no Cincinnati Bengals in your top five, which, no. frankly, at this point, I would slide them ahead of the Cardinals because – I watched the Bengals the other day intently, nope. and nope. they match up playmakers with anybody in the league. They didn't even use Joe Mixon enough. Their defense is a little bit suspect, but, Harry, the Bengals are a really, really good football team. Yes, they are, but you got to look at the simple fact that Joe Burrow has been sacked more than any any quarterback in the National Football League. He's been sacked 51 times. When I look at the Arizona Cardinals, and then when I look, you talk about the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, they have one win against an opponent with 10 wins or more. That's the Kansas City Chiefs that they just gotten. The Arizona Cardinals have three of those. The Arizona Cardinals, I understand they went through a three-game stretch in that low, but it's not like they were getting blowed out. The only team, the only game in that three-game losing stretch where, where, where that was terrible to me was the Detroit Lions. They lost – Closely to the to the Rams, they didn't get blew out by the Colts. They could have won that game, uh, but they came out and, and and beat a Cowboys football team that a lot of people think if they're hitting on all cylinders can win a Super Bowl or, or at least go to one. So that's why I got the Arizona Cardinals at number five. Now the Arizona Cardinals they mess around and get DeAndre Hopkins back. This could be scary. Let's get to your 
take on this. Which playoff team do you trust the least to win the Super Bowl? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. David in Massachusetts is going to start us off on ESPN Radio on Key, Sean, J. Will, and Max. What's up, dude? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I agree with Harry about the Bengals not being in the top five. They're the team I trust the least, and that's just because the way they finished that game against Kansas City and possibly gotten Joe Burrow hurt. So while they have all the offensive weapons that can score a ton of points, that play calling at the end was disastrous, and that's why I trust them the least. The one thing I disagree with Harry is Tennessee can't be number two because Tannehill, I trust him the least out of all the playoff quarterbacks in the AFC. Thank you for taking my call. Look, for Harry, I get it. I'm not killing them on the on the play calling necessarily other than the fact that Burrow should not be going into the line of scrimmage when he's already banged up and limping a little bit. I, I didn't understand that. But what they were doing down on the goal line, it, was it the best? No, but ultimately the result was what they wanted and that they were able to milk the clock all the way down and hold the ball to the end. Yeah, my thing is with the Cincinnati Bengals is that um, are they going to be able to be this consistent uh, in, in winning? You look at them when they beat the Baltimore Ravens, right? They blew them out 41-17 early in the year. They lost two straight to the Browns and Jets. Then they beat the Steelers. Uh, I think that was the Steelers, and it may have been the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. They beat the Steelers 41-10, and then they lose two straight again to the Chargers. They got blown out by the Chargers and Justin yep. Herbert and the 49ers. So I don't know what, what, what Cincinnati Bengals team are we getting. And for that team, I think Joe Burrow has to be excellent every time they go out there because I don't think anybody – their defense can make up for it. The back end of their defense, they're not that good against the pass. We've seen that in the first half against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now they got better uh, throughout the game in the second half. They only allowed three points, but – Mike White for the New York Jets threw for 400 yards on that defense. That, 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 that's, that's crazy. And then as far as the Titans, I understand what you're saying about the quarterback, but this Titans team did beat Patrick Mahomes already. They did mm-hmm. beat Josh Allen already. They did beat Jonathan Taylor in the, in, the, in the Colts already. They beat Matthew Stafford in that team already. They beat Jimmy G in the 49ers already. So, But how much longer are we going to talk about this quarterback thing? Because – the Titans have already beat all these quarterbacks. Titans are winning games. The Titans yeah. are winning games. And it doesn't have to be turned, pretty, as long as you win. Absolutely. And everybody turned their backs once Derrick Henry went down because everybody assumed, and I understand it because I'm one of them, that the Titans were toast at that point. Because nobody thought, even though they had Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, that they could go and, and beat you that way. They haven't had to. They've still been able to run the football in fantastic fashion. Uh, hit a couple on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. The real question, this is from Mark Hernandez, should have been, which playoff team do you trust to the least to win the Super Bowl, and why is it the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> that, that's more than a fair question, Harry. <laughs> um, I'll say the Dallas Cowboys, when you look at them, well, they're not hitting on all cylinders, especially right now. Uh, offensively, there's a lot of questions up in the air. This is a team, but I think the offensive line, they're built more so to run the football, but they're not doing that effectively. They're passing the football uh, more. Dak is not being accurate. Dak is missing reads. Um, there's guys dropping footballs. I just don't think they're on one accord and hitting on the cylinders that need to be hitting on going into playoff time. 
Let's hit Curtis in Illinois up next on KJ and Max on ESPN Radio. Curtis, who do you trust the least to get to the Super Bowl? Hey guys, uh, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty obviously got to be the Eagles. Um, you know, they 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 won against the football team, um, but in order for them to get in, they got off of the luck of San Francisco winning and uh, and Minnesota losing. So. Um, yeah, I think, you know, don't get me wrong, I think Nick Sirianni is going to be a great coach, and I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a phenomenal quarterback uh, for years to come. But um, I just think that, that they have the, the least amount of chance. Thanks, guys. I don't disagree because the Eagles, while it's a great story that they are 9-7, and seven, yeah. and they are the first team, Harry, with three first-round picks and going in, in next year's draft and going to the playoffs <laughs> in nine years for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. And it just goes to show you that uh, speaks to me about the coach himself because it's not when, – when things are not going right and he needs to change something, he completely changed an offensive philosophy of that team into we're going to run the ball – and it has worked brilliantly. And I'll, and I'll say this about the, the Philadelphia Eagles. The strength of their football team on offense and defense are their defense and offensive lines. Yeah. So what kind of brand of football do you want to be playing late in December in the playoffs? A physical brand where your offensive line and defensive line can dominate. They have those. Now, do I think they can, uh, they can get it done? I don't think so. Uh, just because other teams in the NFC are so talented in so many other areas. But the first recipe, the first the first strike that you have to have is the offensive line and defensive line in the trenches, and they have that. So what will Big Ben's legacy be in Pittsburgh, and which playoff team do you trust the least to win a Super Bowl? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You can hit us up on Twitter, at KJ and Max as well. Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series 6M Channel 80, Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, in for the fellas today, and you can tweet us at the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. By all means, hit us up there with the answer to today's question, which playoff team do you trust the least to win the Super Bowl? We'll get back on the phone lines on the Dr. Pepper lines as well uh, in just moments on that. But let's hear from Ben last night with Lisa Salters. After the game, he did get a chance to have a final kneel down after Micah Fitzpatrick's interception. Here's Ben. 
You know, I didn't think I was going to take the field again, but it's the best play in football when you're an offensive player to take a knee. And so I'm glad I got to do it one last time. One last time. How do you leave this place, Ben? I don't know. With a win. I'm just so thankful for the fans, my family, obviously, and the good Lord has blessed me in so many ways. Uh, we still got another game. I'll be excited and ready to go for that, but this is just an awesome place. All week, you've been saying you've got to focus. You let yourself feel it, but you got to focus. At one point, at what point did you just let it all sink in? Um, probably about now. Um, just the end of it, having a chance to go back out there, just, I don't know, I'm at a loss for words. I'm just so thankful for these fans and this place. Um, there's no, no place like it. You know, for him, you know, you look at what his legacy is going to be in Pittsburgh, and it's going to be of the second greatest quarterback in franchise history and the second greatest player, I think, in franchise history. And that's saying something considering all of the other great players they had during that uh, Super Bowl, those Super Bowl uh, runs the first time around. Maybe Joe Green would be the only guy that you would put in front of Ben in addition to Bradshaw. And, I, and I'll tell you, Big Ben, he is what a Pittsburgh Steeler is supposed to be. And being able to play against Big Ben at the college level, NFL level, um, he's always been a tough guy to play against. When you talk about improvision, Chris, and you see these quarterbacks today and how they improvise with their legs and stuff. Big Ben did it in a different light. Big Ben did it being strong and big and being able to elude sacks and tackles, but then at the same time having the arms to be able to throw it 40, 50 yards downfield for explosive plays and explosive touchdowns. And he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's going to leave this game uh, fifth all-time in passing yards behind Brady Breeze, Manning, and Brett Favre. So kudos to to, to, to Big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I enjoyed his career. I enjoyed watching him. And I wonder what's going to be next for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh, my Aaron gosh, Chris. Rogers. Aaron oh. Rodgers. All right. Which playoff team do you trust the least to win the Super Bowl? Jonathan in Indiana is up next on Key, J and Max on ESPN Radio. What's up, Jonathan? Hello. How you guys doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, I, I, agree with, I agree with HD. Uh, I think it's got to be the Cincinnati Bengals because when you get into the playoffs, it's one in the trenches. Uh, and they have no offensive line. And when they face a physical defense, there's no way Joe Burrow's going to be able to throw for 500 yards. Well, I, here's what I happen. do know, that they faced a defense the other day that gets after the quarterback pretty good. And he still, while he got sacked four times, he still was able to make it happen. And if we're going to talk about winning in the trenches, Harry, they do have an outstanding defensive line. Yeah, but, I, but I'll say this, though. But I don't think you're going to have other defenses on the back end just playing man coverage against – three receivers who possibly can go over a thousand a thousand yards each. You already have two and then you have one more who can potentially can do that. I don't think you're gonna have other defenses that do that. Because I didn't think that was smart as at all. If we're talking about smart football, I just didn't think the Kansas City Chiefs were smart in doing so. Especially when you have a guy like Jamar Chase who has the chemistry that he does have with Joe Burrow um, since the college level, uh, being in the college level in LSU and winning the national championship. But I will say, when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals football team, 
they do have guys on their defensive line. They have uh, Trey Hendricks, the guy who's top five in sacks. They have a receiver in Jamar Chase who's top five in receiving yards. They have Joe Burrow who's top five um, uh, in passing yards at the quarterback level. And then they have a running back, Joe Mixon, who's top five, who's actually number two in rushing yards. So they do have the players. But Joe Burrow has been sacked 51 times. That's the most in the NFL. We've seen what, Pat, what, happens, what happened to Patrick Mahomes last year in the Super Bowl when a front seven got after him, right? So, yes, your offensive line plays a big part in this. EC on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, the Buffalo Bills, who I, treat, who I trust the least, they're my team, but – the first time Josh Allen gets on that Super Bowl field, guaranteed something crazy is going to happen. The following year, they'll win it going away. Listen, the Bills, to me, have been a disappointment with how they've played this year, but that doesn't mean they can't all of a sudden put it together and get on a good run. Yeah, I think the only thing with the Bills is that um, they don't run the football effectively, and if it comes down to it, Josh Allen is the main guy for them when it comes to rushing the football. Yeah. Can they do it? And then we've seen on numerous of occasions them not being able to stop the run. Now, they did a decent job against the Atlanta Falcons, but against the Colts, we've seen them not be able to stop a run. Against the New England Patriots, when everyone in the world knew they were going to run a the football, they weren't able to stop the run. So will these factors come up in the playoffs? Michael in Virginia has the last word. 20 seconds. Michael, go. Hey, how y'all doing today? Good, um, good, good. I think it's the Buccaneers. Um, they barely beat the Jets. Uh, they were shut out by the Saints. Um, they were beat out by Washington. And I think that this Antonio Brown thing, what's going on with the mental stability of the team coming together with people being hurt? But to and, me, they, can't be, they cannot be the least trustworthy team as long as they have the quarterback, Harry. 100%. There is no reason to believe otherwise because if there's anybody that I'm I'm going to bet on last with that, it might be. It's <laughs> very well Brady. might be the Buccaneers <laughs> just because of his presence. It is absolutely crazy to suggest that they are the team that you would trust the least. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas in today for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.